Friends, will you pray with me this morning? Gracious and holy God, we enter into your presence with great expectations. May the meditations of our hearts and minds and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. For you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. This fall has been all about discipleship. We just finished a series in which we learned of the aspects that make our discipleship full. The way we keep our discipleship in check by doing worship plus two other things. Engaging in worship, connecting with a small group, and committing to serve. We now turn the corner and we are going to do a series about follow me. A call to discipleship. We're going to explore four of Jesus' closest followers. We call them disciples, but their call story could be any one of us. You see, during this particular series, you're going to hear some modern-day call stories as well. Today, I'm going to share with you part of my own. And there will be other speakers throughout this time who will share parts of their own as well. Call stories are as unique as the individuals that share them. That's because God's call on each of us is unique. Sometimes an individual is called into the work of the church, to order the life of the church, or to bridge the church with the world at large, to accept the vows of ordination. But sometimes the call is to be a layperson within the body of Christ, taking the good news out into the world. Some of these calls are to young people, very young people. Some of these calls are heard by people who are a little more mature in age. Either way, God calls each person uniquely. God calls each person, you and I. God calls us. And what we have in common is God's call. And why does God call us? To make the world a better place? For sure, to be the body of Christ. But God also calls us so that we will have a closer work, walk with God. It is one of the ways that God shapes our interior lives so that our exterior lives will be that living witness in the world. It becomes a covenant between us and God. A covenant that brings us through times of struggle. A covenant that shapes us through times of joy. A covenant that brings us closer to the work of Christ in the world and for everlasting. A pastor in Lafayette, Louisiana, once shared with me about his call. He said, Cassie, you see, I have to be a pastor. I said, why is that? He said, because God knew that I had to take it on as a job. 
my relationship, my discipleship had to be my job, the thing that I was tasked with every single day to keep me on track with God. My wife, on the other hand, well, she stays in love with God without it being her job. Her call was different. Her call was to the work of the laity. Each one is unique. Each one is different. Each one empowers us and calls us and compels us to join the body of Christ to make disciples for the transformation of the world. Simon, Simon lived in the first century. Simon was a good man. He was a man of a certain age. He was seasoned, if you will, in the community. He was a faithful member of his synagogue. He was a successful businessman and had a, a nice business in the fishing industry. He had, he was successful, we know, because he had partners in that business, we are told. We are familiar with his call, Martin and Ramona sang about it this morning. It's, it had to do with the type of fishing. And Jesus called him to a different kind of fishing. We are familiar with this story in each of the Gospels, but today we're going to read from Luke's Gospel, which shares a little bit more about the relationship between Simon and Jesus. I'll be reading from the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 11. Listen now to what the evangelist wants to tell us about God's amazing call on Simon's life. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little ways from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the crowd from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. So they had done this. They caught so many fish and their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners from the other boat to come and to help them, and they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Thanks be to God. 
Simon and his partners had worked all night long. They had gone out uh, late into the night in the cool when the fish come to the top to feed and they had cast their nets time after time after time and they had brought home nothing. They were tired and they were washing their nets and getting ready to go home to call it a day. They were used to this, you see, because they were in the commodity business. And when you're in the commodities business, you realize that there is a season when commodities are in great steep, when things are abundant. There are some seasons, some years that are better than others, and tonight, well, it just wasn't one of those nights. So they packed up everything and were cleaning their nets when Jesus showed up on the shore with a great crowd of people who had gathered around him. Simon, he said, let's push your boat out of ways and let me teach from there. Now, this is not unusual for Jesus to sit in a boat away from the shore because it gave him perspective on the people on the shore. It was not uncommon for Jesus to sit because that was the customary thing to do when you taught. And so it was not uncommon for him to do this. It was not even uncommon for him to ask Simon because according to Luke, Jesus and Simon have a relationship. Each of the other gospels tell us like Jesus just showed up out of nowhere and called the fishermen to drop everything and follow them. But in Luke, we know that Jesus has a relationship with them. They live in the city of Capernaum. And in that city, it tells us in the fourth chapter that Jesus came to Capernaum and he spent many days in the synagogue teaching, getting to know the community. We're even told that at some point, Jesus goes into Simon Peter's home to heal his sick mother-in-law. So we know Simon and Jesus know one another. We don't know what Jesus taught that day from the, bo from the boat, but that was not the point of the evangelist story. The point of the evangelist story was to tell us how Jesus impacted and touched Simon's life in a new and profound way. At first, when Jesus said, Simon, let's go out a ways and cast your nets again, Peter wanted to object. He might be, maybe was saying, you know, Jesus, we've already done this all night. It's getting too warm. The fish now have gone into the deepest of the sea. And Jesus said, let's move out into the deepest part of the sea. And, and Peter might have said, well, but Jesus, all I have with me is our shallow nets. That's all we brought today was the shallow nets to, sh to, to fish close to the shore. And now, by now, the fish are gone. But there was something so compelling about Jesus or about the relationship with Jesus that Peter stops. And he says, okay, let's give it a try. And so they push out into the deep waters and something miraculous ha happens. The nets that are designed for the shallow fishing are all of a sudden filled with fish. I imagine that they came up to the surface in the heat of the day and literally jumped into the nets. So much so that, that Peter or Simon had to call his partners and say, come over here, come over here and help us. And, and when they pulled that net in, there was still more and it filled two boats and it even put the boats in danger. There were so many, we are told. But at that point, 
the evangelist changes what he calls Simon. He adds the word Peter to his name. He says, Simon Peter fell down at Jesus' knees. It was as if he was telling us that in the moment, that very moment, God was already changing Simon, transforming Simon, calling Simon into Peter. Simon Peter is amazed. He is shocked. He is overwhelmed. And he says to, to Jesus, Jesus, I am inadequate. I am not worthy. I am ordinary. I am not of anything more than average intelligence. I, I'm not even sure I could make it through rabbi school or seminary or wherever you're going to send me. I don't know if I can do this. And Jesus says, don't let this overwhelm you. Because I'm going to take what you know, and I'm going to build on that. Because from now on, you're going to catch people. Now, the, Hebrew, or the Greek word that they use for catch here is one that is found in the Greek Old Testament scripture that Jesus would have been reading from, that Peter would have been reading from as he grew up in the synagogue. It is a verb that says, that stands for to rescue people or rescue something or animals from the perils of death, not, as we think, to catch fish, which is to eat them, right? So this word to catch means literally, I am going to teach you to, to um, rescue people from the perils of death and from sin and death. Don't we hear that in our own liturgy? That Jesus came to save us from slavery to sin and death? Jesus acknowledges Peter as a sinner and has no problem with it. He acknowledges him as a sinner and then says, but I am going to give you a new life. And I want you to share that life with others. And then we're told they come ashore, they leave everything behind. Now, fishermen in the first century who had a good catch didn't usually leave their fish on the shoreline. But I'm not sure that we read that correctly. I don't think it's the fish he left behind. I think it's a life of slavery to sin and death that Peter left behind. What I love most about Peter's call story in Luke is how Jesus works with the everyday, ordinary things in Peter's life. Jesus first has a relationship with Peter, and then Jesus changes everything. Even at the end of a very long, exhausting day when all Peter wants to do is call it quits, go home and get some rest. When he's cleaning up the nets and getting ready for another day, God surprises Peter. God surprises him with a new sense of energy, a new sense of call. He calls him out of his ordinariness and calls him into an extraordinary life. One that 
Simon couldn't have possibly imagined before then. I grew up knowing Jesus. I can't remember a time when I didn't know Jesus. There was something in my life that I loved about church. I learned about Jesus at the knee of my grandfather. My mother took me to Sunday school. I felt a call to ministry at a young age, but I took on the ordinary life of being a wife and a mother before I answered that call, but I didn't let that dissuade me. I continued to explore what that meant. I went to a school and I learned how to do Christian education and I served my church as a layperson teaching children and Sunday school. Bible studies, I served in my community, I served in leadership positions, and over time I became somewhat seasoned in those leadership positions. And like Simon, at a seasoned age, God called again. And this time I answered. I was going home from an Emmaus weekend and reflecting on that weekend. I had served as a leader on that weekend. Many of you in this congregation have been to a walk to Emmaus. There is a point in a walk to Emmaus in which they ask us to take a, an index card and make a commitment, a commitment to Jesus and then lay it at the altar. I wrote down my commitment, one that was born out of what I already knew, a commitment to be even more faithful to my service in my local church. And then as I came to that cross, I began to tremble. I could not lay down that commitment card. And I passed by that cross. Later, as I'm processing this on the way home with Kelly, Again, I began to tremble. And I began to realize that I felt inadequate. I told Kelly, I said, I think I have been disobedient. I have not listened to God's call in my life, and I don't think I can do it. I don't know that I can do what God is asking me to do. The wonderful thing is that Kelly already knew about this call and Kelly was already committed to stand beside me. And, and with a few more conversations, I enrolled in seminary. In my mind, I would simply continue my education and deepen what I was already doing in the life of the church. Perhaps I would even teach in a private school or something. But that didn't bring me in any fish. My net was dry when I thought about that. And so I began to explore in that first semester, well, maybe God, what you want me to do is be ordained, but let me be ordained as a deacon. Therefore, I can find my own job in the life of the church, and I can serve in the life of the church doing what I know best, Christian education. No fish in my net. One day, after I spent three times walking through the labyrinth at Perkins School of Theology, I finally said yet, oh God, 
If you say so, I will let down my nets and I will enter itinerant ministry. I felt so exposed in that moment. I felt so convicted and so confirmed that that was exactly what God was calling me to do, but I was so afraid. Like that pastor in Lafayette, it became obvious to me that God knew that I needed the work, the church, the life of the church in order to live that deeper and more deeper relationship with God. That I would use the order of the church as my vehicle through which I share Jesus with the world. And every single day, I need the work of the church. I need each of you to hold me accountable, to help me walk that walk. God calls not only to send forth disciples to share the good news, but also God calls us to mold us with a sanctifying grace to be deeper in relationship with God. Jesus calls us in unique ways. Today, Jesus may be calling you away from what your ordinary work is into a different life altogether, a vocation in ministry that you can't even define. If that is true, come and see me. There is all kinds of opportunities for ministry in this community, but also in this district, in this conference, Jesus may be calling you to stay within your ordinary work, everyday work, become the vehicle through which Christ works and Christ shows presence in the world through what you do day in and day out. Lean strong into that call. Jesus may be calling you to just consider casting your nets into the deeper water. Nets that might not even be designed for deep water fishing. However Jesus is calling you to follow him, respond. You will never regret it. Thanks be to God. Amen.